welcome into another exciting and wonderful Geek at Birth. As always, you've got the one, the only, the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox, Dave Adams, coming to you live and in living color from the top of the state of Alabama. That's right, in Madison, Alabama. In the Unrelated at Birth podcast studios, where I'm also recording Geek at Birth. And as always, I have brought along my friend. No, not Adam for this show. I have brought along my friend all the way from the north. Well, really kind of the, he's below the Mason-Dixon line. Up in Maryland, near Baltimore, Ryan Permison. Ryan, tell him your nickname and let's go about it. Yes, sir. My nickname is The Quote because I like to quote movies a lot uh, in my daily life and on certain broadcasts, such as this one, perhaps. And I've been doing it since I was at the tender age of six. So I figure just keep that rolling. So why not? It's the name I use when I'm competing in the fan leagues of movie trivia. It's a name I use in certain broadcasts of other natures. So why the heck not? And plus, who doesn't like to quote a good movie every now and then? Oh, dude, I I speak fluent movie quotes. Which reminds so I, me, I need to get that T-shirt. I need that T-shirt that I, says I speak fluent in fluent movie quotes. I need that shirt now. What's funny is my wife makes T-shirts. So if if you want, I might could could work some magic for you. Could I get a discount? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see maybe I'll get a promo code to birth. use maybe one time. Yeah, maybe, maybe that Geek at Birth podcast discount. I don't know. We'll see. But hey... This is the first episode of Geek at Birth. Yes, We've it entitled it as it should be. Allow us to introduce ourselves. And, and hey, well, here we are. Normally on Tuesday nights, you'd hear Dave Adams and Adam Russell on the Unrelated at Birth podcast. But we're going to every other week or every other week for Unrelated at Birth. On those off weeks, you now have Geek at Birth with Dave Adams and Ryan Permison. Ryan what are some other ways that they might know about you? Well, you can find me doing my live show every Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern on HWS Web TV as well as NeuroCulture's YouTube channel. It's called And I Quote, where I bring in a special guest from any and all corners of the nerd universe, whether they are a comic book writer, an actor, a producer, a writer, an artiste. Of any way, shape, or form, we bring them into the studio. We have a friendly conversation. We find out what projects they have coming down the line. So that's one thing that I do. And... Pretty much, I do another podcast. It's audio uh, version. It's called The Nerdcast, where I review two movies every episode, and those are some of the latest movies I've had a chance to see. Most of them are classics. Some are modern. It varies from week to week, month to month, respectively. So, yeah, those are some of the ways you can find me. I'm all, I'm all over the place. And plus, I do collaborations with other content creators because that's just fun, and Rising Tide raises all ships, so why not? There plus, you, you can find me appearing on various programming on hws web tv our wonderful friends at hws web tv we love you guys to pieces so hey this show is brought to you by the hws web tv folks find them anywhere on the internet medium yeah medias mediums whatever you want to call it right yeah forms of stuff And, and hey subscribe to them on youtube because we're on youtube on their youtube channel right now it's lovely. Yeah, just like, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff. It's quite simple, really. Hit that bell. Oh, hit ring that bell. that bell. Yeah, that yeah. that one. Hit anyway. the bell, ring the bell, you know, hit that bell. Ring that bell, as Thomas Carter Rochester has that great voice of his. I don't know. Thomas, yep. if you're watching this or hearing this, you're the Mac, man. We love you. I wish I had a cool – actually, I do. Never mind. I can't say that. I was going to no, say I can't. wish I had a cool voice, but, you know. 
golden voice of the South. Yeah, we all have great voices here. No one's better than the other. We're all we're all equal here. It, yeah, sure. We'll go with that. We'll go with it. <laughs> The first episode on things that that we don't normally get to talk on unrelated at birth, um, but unfortunately, we do have some sad things to talk about on this first episode. Ryan, what happened today? Yes, uh, for those of you who are fans of theater, of movies, of any any way, shape, or form. The voice actor who voiced the character of Sebastian in the iconic Walt Disney Pictures animated film, The Little Mermaid, I, I believe it's, I hope I'm saying this right, Samuel E. Wright, I hope I'm saying that, or is it Samuel E. Smith? It's one of the two. Sorry, guys. Can't remember it. But that person has passed away at the age of 74. He voiced the character of Sebastian. So if you grew up like many of us watching The Little Mermaid and listening to iconic songs such as Under the Sea, Kiss the Girl, among many others, he has passed away, so our thoughts and prayers go out to his friends and his family. He died at the age of 74, but he voiced a legendary character. He also voiced Mufasa during the stage production of The Lion King on Broadway and things of that nature. So that's really cool. So that's something I did not know about this young man until I read about it earlier today. So our hat's off to you, good sir. You played that. a great character in one of the best Disney movies of all time, arguably. So thank you for your service. You did a wonderful job. Sebastian, you will never be forgotten. I can't remember the exact line of what he says when he's talking about the difference between teenagers and adults, referring to Ariel in this case, but he says, teenagers, I'm quoting this wrong. They think they know everything. You give them an inch, they take it all away. So, <laughs> you know, and then there's another line, Dave, and I'm sure you've heard this one before. What does soft shell I'm turning out to be? So Sebastian, rest in peace. We're going to miss you good, sir. I'll Samuel you, E. Wright, that's it. Samuel yeah. E. Wright is the person that passed away at 74. So there you go, guys. That that might be one of the best Sebastian or Samuel E. Wright uh, impressions I've ever heard. Dude, I can quote movies all day long, son. Just ask me what to quote, and I'll do it. I can do some Little Mermaid more for you later on if you want. I mean, no. I mean, whatever. We'll get into it eventually, I'm sure. Uh, so that's the sad we have to talk about. Yeah. Unfortunately. Hmm. And also, we should talk about how Garrett had crab tonight. Too soon, Garrett. Too soon. Not not cool, Garrett. Uh, not also, cool, want man. to want to say, yeah, you know, Jeffrey. Yes, I, I I'm aware my computer was frozen for a moment. Yeah, my Mac's were. been having some issues tonight. I apologize. <clears throat> um, unfortunately, my uh, you know, luckily my internet's actually working today because yes. yesterday, while internet had the forefront or forefront had the, the foresight. Forefront, Foresight. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. The foresight to do <laughs> service and run upgrades and tests on their uh, local internet, mm -hmm. leaving me without internet while I'm working from home. That's upsetting. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and and people, are message, people are messaging me like, where are you? Why aren't you online? It's like, shut up. <laughs> I'm having technical difficulties. Give me a break. Give me a break. Anyway, so. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. Sorry. We're not talking Kit Kat bars, Ryan. I'm the Sorry. one that's supposed to start singing. If you listen to Unrelated Birth, I'm the singer. Come on, man. It's all good. It's all good. All right. So the main thing we want to talk about tonight is, mm. so on Unrelated Birth, we have what we call the birth line. And as you see scrolling below us, we have the Unrelated at Birth scroll behind under us because yes. 
we haven't got our everything's done yet. <laughs> Jeffrey, we have a, a running gag on Unrelated Birth. How many patron subscribers <laughs> left for me to stop singing? <laughs> five. Still five. Wow. Okay. So can people, have... can, can people still call in though by using that number? Oh, yes. So 650 UAB show is the unrelated at birth, what we call the birth line. And and they call in and they, they we, we every time they call in, we'll play it on air. And yes. and we had a call from one of my friends that <laughs> that that <laughs> said uh you know, ask us a great question. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those questions that Adam doesn't normally isn't normally adept at answer, answering. Adept oh. might be the wrong word, uh, but isn't privy to answering most of the time. So right. I thought this is the greatest place to do it. So TJ mm-hmm. Fry, I'm about to play your your phone call on Geek at Birth. Here we go. Hey guys, TJ, the squeaky voice of the north. Um, thought for you. Falcon and the Winter Soldier versus WandaVision. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I thought, was the better series the first time through. But WandaVision, I think, is more rewatchable. Interested in your thoughts. Have a good one. So first off, let's go ahead and say it out there. If you have not watched either Falcon Winter Soldier or WandaVision, spoilers (laughs) are forthcoming. Yes. And then also... What is wrong? You're you're watching a geek podcast, yet you haven't watched it already. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Wait, no, no gatekeeping, no gatekeeping. Sorry, mm-hmm. Lord, I apologize. Be with the pygmies. Anyway, um, so Ryan, let, let before we get into his question, let's go ahead and let's do a little synopsis of Falcon Winter Soldier. First off, what was your thoughts? You just watched it this weekend. So did you watch all eight episodes this weekend or did you just watch a couple of them because you'd watched others before? Uh, no, no, no. For Falcon and Winter Soldier, I watched all six episodes, three one day and three the following day. So I finished all six. It's all done. Six? It was only six. It was half a dozen. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And I finished it and it was great because now I can actually talk about this show with my friends and actually be a part of society. I can actually feel like I mean I mean something to people. Well, as, as a geek, you, you should have watched it the day they came out. I, but... I, Here's here's the thing about me and shows. I know Disney Plus likes to you know put them out one week at a time. I prefer to have it all at once so I can just binge watch it and not have to wait weeks and weeks on end for a new episode or wait months and months for a new season, respectively, or whatever. So I binge watch all six episodes, and I gotta say, this was a really good show. I was very impressed by it. I liked it a lot. I think it had very strong acting, strong storytelling. It delved deeper into why we want to root for these characters, why some of them still have flaws. It shows that they are far from perfect. It shows that they have a lot of challenges and darkness that they have to overcome. And, you you know, you had a good enemy there for the first season. You had a little bit of a twist and turn with a supporting character of Sharon Carter. Why, Sharon? Why? (laughs) You know, honestly, like her going to a bit of the dark side at the end of season one, I'm thinking, wow, this, okay, all right. So you're the power broker. You're behind all this with, Carly Morgenthal and her group having the super soldier serum. So is this your plan now, Sharon? You're going to ruin everyone else's lives and kill more innocent people to make your life better, to make yourself feel better? Listen, I know you got dealt a bad hand during the during the snap, okay? We all did. We were there. I know we all know what it's like, Sharon. But that doesn't give you the right to start an evil organization by giving people who are really ruthless powers that they can't control and giving things to people that they don't know what's going on, that they don't under you're basically dealing with something that you don't fully understand, Sharon. And I really like you as an actress and I like you as a character, but man, 
you went dark side. I don't like that. I hope you get brought back to the light. I hope that Sam figures out what you've done because the last thing I want is to have you in the raft with Baron Zemo, who's behind bars. You understand me, Sharon? You understand me? I don't so want you to fall into this pit because Agent Carter, your you know your grandmother, whatever it was, she didn't fall into that pit, but you did. Aunt. And now we got to dig ants. Sorry. And now we got to dig you out. So Sharon, please dig yourself out of this and don't please please don't do something you're going to regret because I know you're going to because I know you're you're you're, go, you're hurting. You're in pain, but you've got to figure out a way out of this, Sharon. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Sam found it. Bucky found it. If Bucky can find it after everything he's been through, you can too. Just trust in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or should I say, the new Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Baboo! Or is he? Or is he? There. No, he is. Or is he? he is. No, he see. is. At the end of the show, it says Captain America and the Winter Soldier. That is Sam Wilson. He is the new Captain America. He has the new suit. He has the shield. He can. Talk the talk, he can walk the walk, brother. So for me, Sam Wilson is the new and improved, or not improved, because nothing's ever going to replace Steve Rogers. But he is the new Captain America for this generation. And I, by 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 far, salute you, Sam Wilson, because you did a great job this season. So l- let me ask you this: as a um, as a com, I'm a comic book guy. Like I prefer the comic book narrative over rewriting it. Okay. Are you a little upset that we didn't get Winter Soldier first as Captain America, then going into Sam? See, here's the thing. I only became a comic book fan in 2017 during Batman Day of that year. So I'm behind on a, a lot of things, including some Marvel titles. And yeah, I understand so. that the Winter Soldier was was once Captain America. People told me that Sam Wilson, the Falcon, was was Captain America at one point in the comics. because you know, You know comics. Things change all the right. time. But for me, it didn't bother me one bit because as soon as Steve Rogers gave him that shield at the end of the great film known as Avengers Endgame, ladies and gentlemen, that said to me, okay, we have our new Captain America. It's done. It's over. We don't need anything else. We got our new Cap. Bucky's going to be his partner. He's going to be his wingman. He's going to help him out. He's still got his own journey to do, which he did accomplish at the end of season one, respectively. So I like what they did. It didn't bother me one bit. I liked all of it. I, I do wish I had seen Bucky have his time with the shield, though. Because they alluded to it a little bit in Captain America Winter Soldier when yeah. when you know Bucky caught the shield and did his little uh yeah. pose. His I, pose. I, I thought I thought it was it was a little bit of a foreshadow. I, I kind of wish that we had seen that in in movies a little bit. Maybe give us half a movie where he's Captain America and says, you know what, I, I don't deserve this shield and hands it to Sam. But I do like Sam as as Captain America. I, I think, given what's going on in our country right now, it's the right move. But then I'm also going to say something maybe a little controversial. I don't like social ju- social commentary in my comics. Oh, okay. I watch comics to to escape realism. And and when I when I see all the social commentary in my comic shows. It doesn't let me do escapism, and, and and I might be in the in the minority with this. Yeah, but let me watch comics to watch comics. Hmm. Okay, just a I thought. Got you. Just a thought. Uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey says also all they Marvel are going to say is that Winter Soldier was Cap in a multiverse alternate reality. I, which. 
they could do because we all know Doctor Strange part two, aka Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Which, by the way, that sounds so confusing with the multiverse thing. Please don't confuse the audience. Please make sure that we know what exactly is going on and how this is going to work. Because if you put 50 different people as Captain America and like 30 different people as the Falcon, it's like that's too much, Marvel. You're cramming too much into a series of movies. You got to really be careful and don't put too much in because you're going to confuse your audience. Please don't confuse me. Like Flash does with uh, DC on CW. Although I, well, I can't comment. Yeah, Barry, you ruined the timeline for the 50th time. But I will say, though, I do like what they did with the Flash and Flashpoint in that graphic novel I have. It was one of the first graphic novels I ever read was Flashpoint. I loved it. It's very good. Willow's yelling at me. Marvel has always been about social commentary. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed, but agree sort of. So, uh, and then Deanna said, Steve talked to Bucky ahead of time. Bucky knows Sam was going to the Shield. Uh, Uh, Jeffrey says, I think there's a difference between social commentary and heavy-handed social commentary, which I can I can see that. Uh, yeah. Garrett coming in here saying, I can understand Dave's point, but comics and derivative media have been promoting social issues since day one, Detective Comics number one. I, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Detective Comics you, number one. I am probably in the minority in this. You know, I, I am also the same guy. I'm sitting here. I've got the Braves game on as we're recording this right now. Good I Lord. watch sports to escape. Sports! I am a sports guy. That's one of the things I geek out about. Uh, but if I wanted to to see what's going on in the news, I would turn on CNN, Fox, or or you know whatever MSNBC. have you at the, at, at the time. Yeah. I watch those things to escape and to to not... To, to kind of pause real life. And yeah. and I don't know. I don't need to be reminded 24-7 what's going on in real life. That's... <laughs> you can open your window and see that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey makes a great point. Supergirl, all of Supergirl. Oh, yeah. He says just season two or three. No, it's all of it. Was heavy uh, yeah. in commentary. <laughs> Dude, Falcon season- Winter Soldier did a much better job. Yeah, uh, I will say this. I watched the first season of CW Supergirl, respectively, with Melissa Benoist, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, this is not my Supergirl. What are you doing? This this is terrible. This is horrendous. I will say this, though. I will say this. Melissa Benoist was a great choice to play Supergirl. Uh, The writing was terrible. The writing is not great. The writing is horrible. She's a decent actress. I don't think she's great, as some people make her out to be, but... But the writing's terrible, so it's not completely her fault. But anyway, for me personally, my Supergirl was Laura Vandervoort on Smallville. Boom, done. She will forever be the best version of live action version of that character until a new movie or spinoff series comes out and says otherwise. Right. That's all I so, got to say about that. To EJ's uh, call here, we got to do the compare and contrast, though. So. Rewatchability. WandaVision or Falcon Winter Soldier? Hmm. I think the rewatchability is there for WandaVision just because it had a lot more comedy in there. And and you know, we get the the Agatha all along jingle and everything. <laughs> well, here's the thing this is gonna shock uh, the millions of viewers that are watching or listening to this podcast right now. I have not seen one lick of WandaVision minus the trailers. So I can't compare and contrast the two because here's my problem. I'm not a big fan of Marvel's comedy 
I really don't like the laughy, jokey really? stuff for me because I prefer my comic book movies to be dark, gritty, focus on the problem. Don't worry about comedy and levity. You can have levity in a dra drama series like Winter Falcon Winter Soldier had some levity. They definitely did with the therapy sessions. Come on. That yeah. was levity. It was meant to be levity, and that's fine. But they didn't beat you over the head with it, and that's what I feel Marvel does too much. They beat you over the head with the fact that, hey, we have creative control of all these characters. We can incorporate as many jokes with these characters as we want, whether they are meant to be serious or, or meant to be comedic or not. I'm like, Marvel, do me a favor. If you have enough salt and pepper in your mix, that's fine. But if you have one if you have too much salt and not enough pepper, a.k.a. more comedy than drama, Ryan's not going to want to tune in. I want my stuff to be serious, grounded, and dark and gritty. That's why I like Falcon and Winter Soldier so much, because it focuses on real issues, very dark themes, stuff that could really you know, go down either positive or negative, depending on who you ask. With WandaVision, it's just no. No, thank you. No comedy for me. I'm going to stick with my drama and seriousness. And that's why I like Falcon and Winter Soldier. So you can spoil uh, WandaVision for me because I have no intention of watching it. Well, so let me ask you this. Are you going to say that you're more of a DC universe fan, cinematic universe fan? See, I haven't seen all of DC's movies. I've seen most of them. So I can say enough. I mean, I haven't seen Shazam. I haven't seen Birds of Prey. Uh, what You're was not missing much with Birds of Prey. Shazam's a great movie. <laughs> uh, I know the Batman. The Batman hasn't come out yet, but when it does, I will be there front and center. Uh, I've seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, so I've seen the four-hour cut, so I know what's going on with that. So is good. it fair? Is it fair to say that I'm more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy? I think in the in in, in all-encompassing respect, yes, I am more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy. But that doesn't mean I don't hate Marvel by any stretch. It's just I feel like Marvel focuses too much on the comedy sometimes, and I'm thinking to myself, dude, no, I want salt and pepper in this mix. I don't want one over the other. Stop doing this to me. I don't, don't, don't beat me over the head with the fact that you can use comedy in your films. I want you to focus on the main plot of the story. If you want to have a moment of levity, that's fine, but don't beat me over the head with it, man. But, but there yeah, is a place a, for that. There, there, there is, is a place, place for it, that. but I feel like they do it too much in my respectable opinion but for me i'm more dc than marvel but that doesn't mean i hate marvel you can still like both i like both oh, I, agree. Heck, I, ju I just bought a series of marvel trades that i'm about to read this summer so there you go marvel fans i'm appeasing you i mean i'm, I'm sitting here looking at my my funko pop collection mm -hmm. and i've got i've got joker the original joker i've got the jack nicholson joker i love it i love o i love og jack i love jack nicholson i've got tony stark in his I Love You 3000 snap gauntlet. Uh -oh. So okay. I've got DC. I've got Marvel. I like both. But I'll tell you, and, and we had this discussion on Unrelated Birth a couple of weeks ago when I had one of my good friends who's a, a who actually has a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Um, Rebecca Johnson. She is awesome at everything she does. She is a fount of DC knowledge. Yes, I actually caught your show with her on as your guest. That was a great episode, too. It was really good. Oh, thank you. She is amazing. Uh, yes. But I am a bigger DC uh, Cinematic Universe fan because I feel like DC stuck more to their comic nature. They mm -hmm. didn't dumb down their comics for yeah. the general public, which right. is what Marvel has done. Now... Does that mean that Marvel went the wrong route in my mind? No. 
In fact, they they brought this geek culture to the masses. Oh yes, they did. <laughs> and it's it's created more geeks. And I'm frozen right now, but no, I'm not. There we go. I'm back now. Um, <laughs> but it's it's created more geeks, but maybe a little bit more watered down geeks. Maybe. I mean, I still, you know, I, I became a comic fan in 2017, and yet I'm still trying to catch up with certain Marvel titles. But that doesn't mean I'm not like not open to reading more Marvel titles because I want to learn more about these characters because I've enjoyed the movies so much. And that's one of the best things about the MCU and DC. I don't call it DCEU or worlds of DC for that matter. To me, it will always be the DC cinematic universe. Get it yep. right. Warner brothers. Um, <laughs> please. If MCU could be called MCU, just call yourself DCCU. I don't give a crap. Just do it already. Um, I mean, hire me if you want. I don't care, but okay with that. Exactly. Thank you. So for me, I don't mind reading all these different titles from different brands because I want to learn more about these characters. Heck, I mean, I bought I mean, I bought some. Uh, this was a while ago, though, and I know this is kind of going off the beaten path. I bought the shadow trades because I want to learn more about the shadow. That's a pulp oh character God. from the 30s. OK, I like that. Granted, I didn't get inspired to read about the shadow because of the Alec Baldwin movie. I didn't see that till after the fact. But I like learning about that character because I liked what he you know, I like the look of the character. It's like if a comic book cover strikes you, you're going to be incurred. You're going to be inspired to read that title. Like if a com granted, most comic book covers do this anyway. But every time I see a comic book cover, whether it's a back issue, a trade or whatever, if I like what I see, I'm going to want to read it. So yeah. thank you to the comic book writers and artists who put their blood, sweat and tears in putting those trades out. Because if it weren't for them, I wouldn't want to read comics. So you guys kick tail. We love you. Exactly. Uh, at which... It's funny how we we made this segue. We didn't really mean to do it. No. That that's just what good podcasters do. So there is a rumor mill going around now. Yes, there is. And I know Ryan is going to shake his head when we talk about this. And <laughs> and I'm sorry, but we have to talk about it. All good. So there is so there is fact that AT&T is looking to off to to kill Warner Brothers and, and to shell it out. There's a rumor going around that Disney is looking to buy the DC Cinematic Universe. But wait, there's more. That would also mean that Disney would also own the rights to the Harry Potter universe. Ryan, what would that mean for the geek fandom? And then what would that also mean for places like Universal or Disney? That is very true. It's a great question. If, if this were to happen, that Disney buys... DC, all their properties. What is it? Harry Potter you mentioned a moment ago. So the Harry Potter properties, all that stuff is brought into Disney. Uh, first of all, I'm sure a lot of geek fans out there would say, hey, we can finally get the crossover we've all been waiting for. DC characters meeting up with certain Marvel characters in their respective universes or having a multiverse crossover or what do you call it? Like a, I wouldn't say New 52, but it's like a Flashpoint, crazy, right. weird, pseudo crossover. Uh, would that be every geek slash nerd's proverbial dream since 1930, third, was it 1938? Uh, I would yes. think so. 
uh, that would fulfill a lot of dreams. That would fill a lot of uh, things we've been thinking about and talking about and just dreaming. And it would actually come true within the within our actual own Earth timeline and our own universe, respectively. Would that be great in a way? Yes. But at the same time, Disney, you have enough money. You have enough power. You own all of us already. Why do you want more? Because if you haven't seen the 1987 film known as Wall Street, when our you know, enemy somewhat turned ally says, Gordon Gecko once said, greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Uh, listen, let's look at reality. Let's face facts. Greed is not good. Greed is bad. Greed does not work. It corrupts, it terrorizes, it scares people, it puts people out of business, and it creates something known as a monopoly. Disney, if you become a monopoly, you're going to anger a lot of people and you're going to put a lot of people out of jobs and put people on the street. So, and also you're not going to have any competition left because you own all of it. So back in the day during the Monday night wars between Ted Turner and Vince McMahon, because of the Monday night wars, they were able to create competition breeds success. Competition breeds creative excellence. It brings out new characters. It brings out new projects you wouldn't think were possible. If Universal is competing with Paramount and one film does better than the other, that's fine, but it still breeds competition and it means, hey, we have to up our game. We have to bring in new titles. We have to bring in new characters. We got to bring in new actors and new executives and whatever. It gives more people opportunity. But when you create a monopoly, it gives less people an opportunity. So Disney, if you're thinking of purchasing, D or excuse me, DC respectfully, don't do it because greed, for lack of a better word, is not good. So don't do it. That's so my. That's all. That's all I gotta say about that. What do you think, Dave? As a comic books fan, the the thought of Batman and Iron Man teaming up excites me. As a comic books fan, the thought of Superman and Captain America teaming up excites me. I just feel that if you put Kevin Feige over DC, we will get the best DC movie we have ever seen. Better than Batman Begins. Better than the 1989 Batman. Which, it's almost impossible to get better than. Tim Burton's Batman is one of the best. Oh, yes. 100% agree with that. So, I, I don't... I don't have a problem with it, and, and we'll go from there. Uh, so, I, I have to... Let, let's throw this up, these comments up there real quick. Sure. Well, Jeffrey Martin, didn't Disney have a crack at Harry Potter in the parks when the whole Harry Potter in the parks first started? Hmm. I don't know, but I do know somebody that does. I'm texting with him right now. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what he says. Um, I think we know who that is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that same person also says, you know, when you're saying, you know, it wouldn't be good if Disney bought, bought DC, neither are DC movies today. Not good. Yeah. Uh, which we have ha talked about that. Adam and I have talked about that on Unrelated at Birth. DC has not, Warner Brothers has run that into the ground. They had a great movie with the Zack Snyder cut, the Josh 
uh, Josh Wheaton cut or Josh whatever Wheaton his name. Cut. Yeah, Josh Wheaton yeah. cut was horrible. <laughs> so I I don't know, but I think that if Kevin Feige was over a Justice League movie, can you imagine the the interweavings that we could see a 20-something volume Justice League movie like we saw with the Avengers. I mean, it would be something, but at the same time, I I hope, and I don't know if they're going to do this or not, this is up to the executives at Warner Brothers, they really need to find someone who's a Kevin Feige like to ride the ship, to captain the ship of the DC Cinematic Universe, or, or what's left of it anyway. It's like if you're going to put these movies together, you really have to find someone to captain the ship. Because right now, there's no one really steering the ship. There's no one really doing anything right. I mean, granted, I haven't seen Shazam. I haven't seen Birds of Prey. Heck, I haven't even seen Wonder Woman 84. Despite what I've heard about it, I still want to sit down and watch it and make up my own I mind. It. Okay, I, I still it. I still want to sit down and watch it for my own sake, but. Outside of those three movies, like there are certain things I really liked what they did in the beginnings with the DC Cinematic Universe. Granted, a lot of things went down. Things were said. Zach had his family tragedy. He had to go and take care of that and be with his family. I get that. But man, DC is Warner Brothers is just so reactionary. They never really gave Zack Snyder full creative control of what he wanted to do. Whether people liked it or not, you still should have let him create the 10, 12 movies he wanted to do. Unfortunately, I don't know if those, that's probably never going to happen. I mean, even though Justice League, the Zack Snyder cut, did fairly well, and for me anyway even though the first two hours were way too much slow-mo, Zach, okay? I like you, Zach, but way too much slow-mo. Stop doing that. Stop it. Stop it. But other than that, the Justice League cut was really good, despite my ill will towards the slow motion parts. But I would still like to see it. That is a Zack Snyder staple. Trademark, yes. But at the same time, if he were to do a Justice League part 2 or Justice League part 3, I would like to see that because what you got at the end of that movie with the epilogue and the injustice, like in the future with the nightmare sequence with Darkseid and Batman can like running with the Joker and running with Deadshot. Like I want to see more of that because that tease at the end was so good because it's different, you know, and you're frozen again. So I hope to see that at some point in the future. No, I'm back now. I'm, I'm back. Oh, there now. you are. I'm back now. You were saying, yeah. So I, I, I hope, yes, I hope to see that in the future too. But can you imagine if Kevin Feige got a hold of that? I, I would prefer someone else steering the DC ship. Honestly, I don't want Kevin Feige with his hands in too many things. I'm sorry. I want somebody else. Who? Anybody? Any? Someone who? I, I, just somebody who can is is you know kind of like Beetlejuice. You know, like no. What do you think? think oh, just find someone who is qualified. I don't know who it is, what it is, or where they're living, or maybe they're in the multiverse somewhere. But pull them out of the multiverse, put them in the DC chair, have someone ride the ship, because I really don't want Kevin Feige doing it, because Kevin Feige has his hands full already with the MCU. And then you got Dave Filoni and John Favreau controlling the Star Wars universe, which are doing a great job, by the way. Mandalorian, we love you to pieces. So let them do their stuff, and let someone else control the DC universe. Greed isn't good, man. If you give Kevin Feige too much power, it's going to ruin his mind. It's going to corrupt him. Okay. So you as a, a, it's great that our, our, 
our picture here is us as babies because I would since you only started reading comics in 2017, I would say that you're a a quote unquote baby comic book fan. Thank you. What yeah. Marvel did for Iron Man. Iron Man wasn't a huge part of Marvel Universe. Right. With he was a comics. B level, C level hero at the time before he his film came out in 2008, respectively. Right. But Marvel made him an A plus character. And my hats are off to them for that. But there are other people out there who deserve an opportunity to put their stamp on certain things and certain brands. And I think someone else should be controlling the DC uh, universe slash ship, not Kevin Feige. I okay, see Kevin. Name at, the, at the bottom of our screen. Even, even though I think Kevin Smith is still a few, even though I haven't met him in person yet, but of the experiences of seeing his interviews and things of that nature, he's great. He's a nerd. He's a geek. He's been that way since birth, literally. Uh, if they asked him to tap and, uh, what do you call it, run DC, even though I still think he's a few rings short of Saturn, just a little bit, Kevin, just a little bit, I would still be okay with him controlling the ship because at least he knows what he's doing. You know, he does, and I, I, I like that. I, I think that because he is, like you said, the ultimate Nerd. geek. He yeah. is the ultimate guy. He's been who, that way. Yeah. I am all for a Kevin Smith run DC Disney, if you buy I'm DC, okay make it happen. Just, just what's his name? Just like the GIF on social media, Drew McWeeny, the Godfather. Make it happen. Make, make it, it happen. happen. All right. So I, I told you we have to keep this at sixty minutes tonight. Oh. The, the whole point of Unrelated at Birth, yeah, is we go very long. So yes. we're gonna do we're we're gonna do a very good job of keep keeping geek at birth. 45 to 60 minutes every week because I've got a family and it's summer. <laughs> You're in college. College is over for me now. I'm on summer break, which means I have a lot of Marvel DC and other books to read. Exactly. You have a lot of reading to catch up on. That's and, true. And we don't want people to have to watch five hours of Dave and Ryan. No, I wouldn't do that to them anyway. That's not fair to them. I would. But I mean, you would because you got a plethora of things in your nerd cave that you can show people, even though I have stuff too, but they're all up on the wall. Right. So. Well, you know, I, I, I've got three podcasts now. Wow. I've you're got very, this. You're very I've busy. Got, I've got Unrelated at Birth. I've yes. also got a Disney DVC show. Good Lord. Called Top of the World. Wow. <laughs> look, look, look. He would. He really would. <laughs> Who's face? By the way, Facebook user, give StreamYard uh, permission to use your name and ID because we want to know who you are. So Facebook what that user. is, there that is somebody, and I know it's probably Vance Cope. They're in the Unrelated at Birth Facebook fan group or Facebook okay. group. Uh, if you're in a group, that it doesn't let all of I, I, you know, uh, the way we do it on Unrelated algorithms. Is, yeah, pick a pick a uh, pick an emoji, and that's your emoji. And, and, you know, we'll know who you are. Like, we've got a guy, uh, a good friend of the show, Brad Toon. He's from Canada. And his his emoji is the Canadian flag. Boom. So we know there you go. Every time oh, he shows Canada. up. Canada. We yeah. love you, Canada. Especially, you know, Willow, oh. you know who you are. Oh, it's Adam. Oh. Wow. Nuff said. <laughs> <laughs> he moved out here to read the comments. Gee whiz. No, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Martin says it wasn't me. Yeah, we know. Hey, hey, Adam, you know the deal. If you're going to talk on in the in the group, you have to have an emoji. That's your rule, man. Come put on. The, put that in the comments thread, so to speak. Yes. 
Oh, Jeffrey so, says he, he's been bouncing around too. Okay, Jeffrey, thank you. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. We appreciate the love. All we right, do. so the we have one more thing to talk about. Do we? You've been, yeah. Oh, oh, Adam, his emoji is an elephant. Roll Tide. Um, you have been teasing that you pre-ordered four Funko Pops today. Yeah, we've been talking about it in the chat. I did some pre-ordering today because I did an interview with a wonderful person by the name of Philippe Ferre of the Distance Dirty Podcast. Check him out on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher Radio, however you find your podcast. Check him out. And I was talking to him and his co-host, uh, James. James is the, uh, the big Funko Pop collector of that team, respectively. And James sent me a link to a online store that is taking pre-orders for a lot of Funko Pops, as a number of websites tend to do when new products are about to come out. Am I right? Yeah. So he sent me a link to some Funko Pops, and I thought, okay, I'll give, you know, I really shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing the adult thing, which is called saving money. What's that? But, yeah, I know. What is that anyway? So... I thought to myself, you know what? I really like the look of this Funko Pop. I'm going to get it. And then I added another one to the cart. And then I realized, you know what? There's a few more I want to get. And I looked on the pre-order page, and I found the two others that I wanted. And I added them to my cart. And then when you add everything to your cart, you see your tab. When you do a pre-order on Beehive Collectibles website, you get 15% off each pre-order. So I saved Beehive Collectibles? They are located in the state of California. Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Sacramento, here I go. Hey, look, man, I'm just saying the website is really, really good. I'm just saying. I can't speak for the entire state of California because I've never been out there before, so I can't comment or speculate. That is somebody else. But I did some pre-ordering today, and the four Funko Pops that I pre-ordered for all your millions of people who are watching are just waiting on pins and needles. Ryan, what did you do? I pre-ordered the Mandalorian Funko Pops of Boba Fett. Ooh, that's a good one. Because Boba Fett is back, and he's better than ever, I might add. And a I also, uh, he's got the dad bod, but I love it because that scene of him in the armor for the first time, that black cloak, oh, uh, yeah, all the uh, awesome. blankety blank. Uh, are we allowed to curse on this program a little Let, bit? Let's keep it PG. All right. The blankety blankery, if you know what I mean. Yes. Uh, that was great. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this. And yep. door number two, the second pop is also from the Mandalorian line. That would be Rosario Dawson's iteration of Ahsoka Tano. I like it. I like it. It's her holding the sabers like this. And I'm thinking... I liked both of these characters on Mandalorian season. Duh. I want that. I want it. And I want it now. So yeah. I pre-ordered those. And then I realized I'm a big sitcom fan of the greatest sitcom ever made known as Seinfeld. And I found that they did pre-orders for all the Seinfeld pops. So I pre-ordered Cosmo Kramer, one of nice. the greatest characters in the history of television, and his partner in crime, the United States postal worker known as Newman. So Hello, Jerry. Hello, Newman. So I got Kramer, Newman, Boba Fett, a.k.a. the real Boba Fett from The Mandalorian, and right. Ahsoka Tano, played by the incredible Rosario Dawson from The Mandalorian. Four Funko Pops, four pre-orders, and I got 50% off on each one. So I saved a really good chunk of change. And I texted the guys. I said, hey, how's their uh, reputation for shipping pops out there? And they're like, they're great. I swear by them. You're going to be just fine. Like, I, I like that. I like that. So four, count them. Fantastic four. See what I did there? Pre-orders like of Funko Pops today. How do you feel about that, good sir? You know, that's good. You've got four coming. I, I counted up the ones I've got coming in the month of June and July. Do we have an exact number? My wife is watching, so I don't want to say. 
Mm. I'll just say this. All of the Hamilton pops. <laughs> God. Mm-hmm. I also have a Julio Jones pop. Mm. In the Atlanta Falcons, because he'll probably get traded at the end of, in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. I have an Ozzy Albies in the his Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. I have a Alice in Wonderland pop coming. I have a Disney Parks exclusive Pirates. Um. And I think there's a couple more that are coming. Do you have the movie versions of the Pirates of the Caribbean pops with Jack Sparrow and all them? I do not. Mm. There's a few yeah. of them out there. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> so if you have listened to Unrelated to Birth, you'll, you'll know this. Oh, Jeffrey says four half-size pillows or two regular-size ones, Dave. So the joke is every time I get a Funko Pop, my wife can get a, a decorative pillow for our couch. That's right. That's right. I remember hearing that. Yes. So <laughs> Adam says, I smell a trip to Hobby Lobby in Amanda's future. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that, please. <laughs> Let's. I not. hope she's not watching right now. And maybe we'll pass this one by. Do you, Honey, I love you. I'm joking. This is all for radio. Do you do you ever consider buying boxes that you can put your comic book trades in rather than Funko Pops? Because maybe trades aren't so don't take up, don't take up as much space as the hundreds of Funko Pops you own. But you can't display them on my wall, of Funko. You can display graded issues of comic books, aka getting them slabbed. Yes, but let's see which is really cool. Like for instance, if I had issue number one of Action Comics number one of Superman, which I know is impossible because it's worth like a million bucks, but if I won the lottery and had that on my wall, that would pretty that would be pretty cool looking. Yes, I see. What look at this? Look at these. What are they called? These are display sh- shelves upon shelves upon shelves upon shelves. See, that's a wall o Funko, and it looks very well put together and very. Are they organized in a certain in a certain? They way? are. They are. How are they? How are they organized exactly? So up here, you'll see my haunted mansion shelf. Yes. You'll see my Harry Potter shelf. Which, notice the map. That is a Universal pass holder exclusive that Adam got me Ooh. of Harry Potter Land That's at their Universal Park. Ooh, yeah. The long shelf there in the middle is just yes. the the bigger pops. Mm-hmm. There's only one that is not out of the box because I'm actually hoping to get a second one of that uh, so I can keep one in the box as a true collectible. Oh, God. Uh, that is Walt and the Sleeping Beauty Castle, if you can't see it very well. Ooh, that is legendary right there, yes. Yes. So yes. next to the Alabama picture here, mm-hmm. I'm looking at my hand here. Yep. You, this is the That's the WWE uh, shelf. Ooh, the cream of the crop. There you go. Two macho men up there. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Uh, then you have the bottom two here are Disney. Aw. Over here, you have NSYNC, the Anchorman set, and because I have nowhere else to put him, Marty McFly. Ooh, yes. I love Back to the Future. You also have my Dumb and Dumber. This Then just your normal movie. Really? Rose. Hmm. 
Interesting. I like it a lot. Then <laughs> over here, yeah, see the entire Saturday Night Live set. Wow, that is impressive. That's over there. Over that's over yonder. Yeah. You've got my Dale Earnhardt family set. I've got both Dale Junior Pops and all three the, Dale Senior Pops. Represent the NASCAR family. I dig that. You've got my Atlanta Braves. Hmm. You've got the sports row. Sports. Yep. And then you have every Michael Jordan pop ever made. Wow, you got all the MJs. Wow, that's impressive. I do. And that's quite a it's quite impressive. One more, one more. Good heavens almighty. That is my Star Wars setup. Star Wars. Nothing but <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. You've got there we go. the solo version of Chewie. You've got the child. You've hmm. got Han in the Millennium Falcon. You've got <laughs> Darth Vader getting electrocuted. You've got a red stormtrooper. And then you've also got the newest of my collection, Darth Vader in his force fist. The force fist. That is interesting. So there that you is, go. That, that is a quite uh, elegant display. I'm sure your wife and kids will love that. Do your wife and kids collect any pops? No. In fact, my, my, my wife has a couple of them, but she is not as fanatical as I am wow. when it comes to collecting. Hmm. So your love of Funko Pops didn't pass on to the children. All right. Yeah. Dave is to Pops as Disney is to media franchises. <laughs> I actually saw them on the website that I keep telling you about that I send you uh, posts for, 7 com. Great website to buy Funko Pops, by the way. They did have a Han in the Millennium Falcon pop the other day, and I thought to myself, that actually looks kind of cool. I got Actually, Amanda got me that for Christmas this year. That's awesome, because how much they're charging for it on this website, it's a bit above my pay grade. It is. So I Amanda got it on Amazon for me, and it was... Probably 50 bucks, but right now it's worth about 90, I think. Here, I will tell you. Yeah. The website I saw it on, they were selling it for like 68 or 70. Let's see. The actual, so if you go to the Funko app and the PPG of that, which is the yep. pop price guide, pop price guide, which I've used a number of times, which by the way, I have a Funko pop that's valued at over 100 right now. Oh, that's chump change, sir. I know um, yours are probably worth triple that, but still, yeah. I digress. Uh, Han and the Millennium Falcon is worth ninety. It's not too shabby for Han and the Millennium Falcon for forty-four years young. Yeah. So let's see. What is my most expensive pop right now? Give me a second. <laughs> this is crazy. We're pull. We're pulling every so close to the one-hour mark here. This yep. is great. I'm loving. We're this. almost done. Okay. So my most expensive, I have. Two tied Ooh. for $120. Wow. The Sleeping Beauty Castle with Walt. That's a big one. And the three pack Brer Rabbit, Brer Fox, and Brer Bear. Splash Mountain. Oh, the Splash Mountain. I was thinking, who are those characters from? <laughs> Splash Mountain. Yep. Splash Mountain. I need so there's one more I need to find. Actually, there's two more I need to find, but one more Splash Mountain one I need to find, and that one will be very hard to find because of the rarity and the oh, price of it right now. The price tag has gone up. Yes, because they are unfortunately. Yep. They are doing new uh layovers of Splash Mountain, but that we digress. Anyway, so guys, 
we are up to that hour mark. Already? This Man, is, I thought we were just getting started. This is where I will I will end the show the way Kenny Omega does or did. I must bid you adieu. Good night. Bang. Now, anyway, we're going. We're, we won't say bang every time, but we, we we'll, we'll find a good way to end this show. We need to. But yeah, that's true. I mean, we call. I mean, I know it's not fair to borrow stuff from other people because we got to come up with our own thing. But at the same time, there is something that my friend says at the end of his show that I think is pretty cool. But we don't have to use it. What what is what is his ending? Uh, that would be the Mister Rogers of the Internet that I like to call him, Brian K. Morris from the Rising Tide Publications and Rising Tide Broadcast Network. He says, "Never apologize for being awesome." That's a good one as well. We yeah. can also we can also say, "Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company." D A V E. R-Y-A-N. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. What? Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, I think a better thing to do is, uh, ne- what is it called? The uh, never, uh, uh, well, we can't borrow Brian's line. But how I-, I had one and it almost left me. Uh, if you're gonna, let me see. Our show's called Geek at Birth. So. Oh, uh, we can always end the show with embrace the geek within you. I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah. That's it. That's how we end Geek at Birth. Guys, we love y'all. Thank you for joining us this week. Come back in two weeks when we will hear episode two of Geek at Birth. And we will leave you with this. Embrace the geek within you. Good night. And we will bid you adieu.